Hello and welcome to Holistic Health Chats, a podcast where we chat about all things holistic women's health and everything in between. I'm your host, Selene Douglas, a women's health nutritionist with a focus on helping women to heal holistically and live pain and symptom free. I'm so happy that you've made your way here. Tune in every week so we can listen, learn and be inspired together. Hello and welcome to another episode in the hormone series. So this is one of the episodes where it's just me, myself and I, and we're going through a series of different factors and imbalances and things like that around hormones. So we've just wrapped up a collection of episodes about PCOS or polycystic ovarian syndrome. So if you have PCOS or if you know anyone that does, go back through those earlier episodes and feel free to even pass them on to a friend if you know that she would benefit from listening to those. What we're talking about now in the continuation of the hormone series is everything related to thyroid function. So today specifically, we're going to be talking about why TSH is not diagnostic of thyroid function uh, and why we just cannot rely on this marker alone. So just a little bit of an overview, if you're not really too sure about what your thyroid gland does, your thyroid gland is a small butterfly-shaped gland that sits in the base of your neck. So kind of um, down if you feel like like the little divot in your collarbone in the center, Uh, move up slightly in between where you can really feel your sort of esophagus and it's in between there somewhere. Um, It is a very small gland, but it is nonetheless very, very powerful and it controls so many different functions in our body. In fact, every single tissue in your body has a receptor on it for thyroid function, for thyroid hormones. And that's why when we have an imbalance in our thyroid hormones or we're perhaps not making enough or we're making too many thyroid hormones, the effect of that is really significant and we see it across so many different uh, compartments and areas of the body because we have receptors on it throughout our entire body. So More commonly, um, we'll see low thyroid function, which is known as hypothyroidism, which means that your body is not making enough thyroid hormone. That is accounts for the vast majority of uh, thyroid dysfunction cases. The flip side of that would be hyperthyroidism, which is when your thyroid is moving too quickly or making too many thyroid hormones. Now, this does not yet take into account anything around autoimmune conditions. We will be talking about that in later uh, episodes. But for the purpose of giving some context, if you have low thyroid function, which is hypothyroidism and the most common, some of the key symptoms that you will see uh, together will be fatigue, lethargy, brain fog, uh, often issues with losing weight, feeling like you're doing all the things, but you're just not able to shift your weight, uh, low moods, even depression and anxiety, often hair loss, 
and really commonly fertility challenges as well, or even cycle irregularities. So perhaps you're not necessarily trying for a baby. So uh, perhaps fertility challenges aren't necessarily on the radar, but you might have cycle irregularities really commonly would be irregular cycles or really heavy periods are related to low thyroid function. On the flip side of that, the hyperthyroidism or high thyroid function uh, would be feeling nervous a lot of the time, really anxious, often weight loss as well, difficulty regulating your temperature. So you often see night sweats uh, and can also include fertility challenges as well. And a lot of the kind of the racy mind and the racy thoughts um, are often associated with that higher thyroid function. So today we're talking about why TSH is not diagnostic of thyroid function. And this is really, really important because uh, often women or even anyone will go say to their GP and say, either my nutritionist or my naturopath has asked for me to test my thyroid, or perhaps even just I've been looking online and I think there could be something wrong with my thyroid. I would like to get that tested. Now, at least in Australia, we follow uh, the standard of care. Of course, our GPs follow a standard of care. And um, when it comes to testing, it's really governed by a sort of Medicare schedule, if you will. And how it's set out is that if someone presents with um, issues surrounding their thyroid, um, then something called TSH is tested. So TSH stands for Thyroid Stimulating hormone. It's not actually produced in your thyroid gland at all. It is produced in your brain and it is your brain's signaling to your thyroid how quickly or how slowly to move, or in other words, how much hormone to produce. So it's a little bit like either the brakes or the accelerator on that thyroid gland. So commonly, TSH is the only thing that will be tested if you present with thyroid irregularities. If and when your thyroid, your TSH is out of range, then something called your T4 will be tested, which is one of your thyroid hormones. If and when that is out of range, then a full thyroid panel will be conducted. So there are a few issues with this. And the first one is that TSH is definitely important to test, but it's really only relevant in context with your other thyroid markers. So TSH can remain normal for up to 10 years while there is other underlying thyroid pathology, whether it be low thyroid hormone or even high antibodies, which would indicate that there is some level of autoimmunity or even an autoimmune condition that has developed under the surface. But TSH can remain normal for up to 10 years before you will necessarily see that change. Now, that, of course, doesn't happen in everyone, but it is quite common for that to happen. So that's issue number one is that we can't really rely on TSH to actually tell us anything concrete about your thyroid function. The second issue is that the reference range 
for TSH is very loose. So when I'm saying reference range, I'm talking about when you have a blood test done, you'll see your result. And then to the right-hand side of that result, you will actually be, you'll actually see a range um, of what's considered normal and acceptable. Now, this is across the board with, I'm going to say nearly all (laughs) test results in Australia the what is considered acceptable and normal is very very loose and is not in place to promote optimal health so for example with this tsh marker what we know from the research is that ideally we really want your tsh sitting somewhere between one and two international units per liter or i use per liter and um much over that so much over two uh can indicate that there is suboptimal thyroid function and that you're perhaps not producing enough thyroid hormone. And then under that, it's an indication that your brain is saying like, no, no, you're producing enough hormones. Let's take the foot off the gas and not send so much stimulation to the gland. So hopefully that makes sense. And the issue is that A, there's not consistency. I mean, I see clients from... Tasmania, WA, Queensland, New South Wales. And what I see is that different labs will have different uh, levels of what they consider to be normal. So problem number one, there's no real national standard about what we're going to accept as a normal TSH level. It depends on the particular lab that we're using. And then the second thing is that many labs I see will consider up to four international units per liter to be normal. And so what that means is if you're someone who's going to your GP with symptoms of fatigue, weight loss resistance, perhaps even mood changes like depression and anxiety or hair loss, clearly indicating that there is uh, perhaps thyroid dysfunction going on, but your TSH levels, for example, are a three or a 3.5, which I would personally consider to be a huge red flag in clinic, uh, you would technically be considered to have a normal TSH, right? And so no further diagnostic would be conducted and you would simply be told your TSH is still within the normal range. If it will test it again, maybe in six or 12 months time, and if it's outside the range, then we'll look into it further. And it's really sad to say that this is often the consensus with different tests is that, you know, it's not quite bad enough yet. When it gets there, then we'll do something about it, which is obviously not how I personally work in clinic because we don't want to wait for it to get bad enough that you're really in a bad place symptomatically and with your health that it also becomes harder to correct some of these issues. So, Yeah, this is why we can't use TSH to say whether or not your thyroid is functioning well. TSH is still an important test, don't get me wrong, but it's really only part of the puzzle when it comes to your thyroid. And an analogy to sort of uh, summarize this short episode is that using TSH alone is a little bit like trying to judge a book by its cover. We just really don't know what's going on underneath the surface with your thyroid. And so depending on your symptoms, if there is suspicion of thyroid dysfunction, I would highly recommend that you either seek out a doctor who is able to help you get that full range of testing 
or even look into paying for it out of pocket. And typically a full thyroid panel may sit somewhere between $120 and $150 for you to pay out of pocket for it. So it's not uh, a super expensive test. Obviously there is a cost there, but depends how much you value your health, of course. And I'll pop it in the show notes, but the tests you would want to look at as a baseline to determine your thyroid function would be, we still want to include TSH. The next one would be T4. T3, perhaps reverse T3, and then your antibodies, which would be thyroid peroxidase antibody and thyroglobulin antibody. So that will all be in the show notes for you. So that wraps up this episode. I hope it was helpful. If you have any issues with your thyroid or you have suspicions about it, feel free to reach out equally. If you know anyone that has issues with their thyroid or perhaps you think may have some of those symptoms, feel free to pass this episode on to them. Now, I just want to mention that uh, in February, I'll be reopening doors to my signature program, the Hormone Repair Protocol, where I will teach you exactly what you need to know to unpack your hormonal imbalances. And I'll also give you the guidance and strategy that you need to heal your hormones so that you can live pain and symptom free. In the show notes, you'll find links to join the wait list. I do keep numbers capped because I really want to ensure that all the women who join still have a really personalized journey and that I can still help them on that level, even though we're not working together one-on-one. If you do have any questions about the program or about today's episode, feel free to come and find me on Instagram and send me a DM. Thank you for listening to this episode of Holistic Health Chats. If you enjoyed this episode, I would be so grateful if you could leave me a rating and review in iTunes, as this allows me to help more women just like you. Holistic Health Chats is not intended to replace medical advice, so please consult with your practitioner before making any changes to your current health. If you are ready to take your health to the next level and would like some personalized support, the next step is booking in for a complimentary health chat. Please head to selendouglas.com forward slash book for more information.